Okay, let's get started with Parshas Toldos, Tavshin Pei Dalid, and we are into Yaakov and Esav. As we know, Yitzhak Avinu, we've spoken in the past, I think we mention this every year, he is the most mysterious of the Avos. Uh, he doesn't get too much press, because Avram Avinu was the real uh, <coughs> main character of Lechelcha and Vayera, and even Chayasara, burying his wife and finding a, a wife for his son. And then all of a sudden, we're into Yaakov and Esav land. Um, and Yitzchak gets very little press, except the uh, one parak about digging the same uh, wells as his <coughs> as his uh as his father did in naming him the same names. But okay, we'll talk a little bit about Yitzhak Avinu uh, tonight as well. Start off with a thought from later in the Parsha, and then we'll get back to the beginning of the Parsha. A thought, uh, you have it there in Vakaras L'Shavas Oneg, starting with the, a mushal of the Dubna Magid. A mushal of the Dubna Magid. The Dubna Magid notes uh, that when Esav comes in, and he asks for a bracha, and, Yak- and, and Yitzhak says, but I gave it already, I gave one already, what does Esav say? He doesn't say, I wanted that bracha. Why did he take it back and give it to me? He didn't say that. He just said, give me another one. Barcheni, bless me also. So Dubna Magid picks up on that point. Why didn't Esav say, if somebody steals something from you, you want that? You just say, I want that. He stole that bracha, I want that bracha. Esav didn't say that. Esav said, please, can you also give me a bracha? says that we haven't done, done Dubna Magid in a long time, but Baruch Hashem, we're back. The Dubna Magid, in source number one, whenever I mention him, I like to, I like to, to note that the Vilna Gon at the end of his life, when he was near the end, so they said, should we call a doctor? He said, no, call a Dubna Magid. To call a Dubna Magid. He's like, well, I, I actually need some Musser before. I need some Musser. So that was the Graz doctor, the Dubna Magid. Not to say that the Graz didn't go to doctors, but just that at that stage, he felt that the Graz would be more valuable. The uh, Dubna Magid who was in Vilna, <laughs> would uh, be more valuable. Anyways, he gives a mashal. Ganav echad parts al beso in source number one, shalechad me'ashire al'ir. A ganav went into one of the houses of the rich of the of the city, b'ishon le'el, v'ganav mitol kabayis. He stole gevia zahav nehedar, a gorgeous goblet, mishubatz yahalomim ba'avnechem, with diamonds on it. So a beautiful gokos. Mir, a ganav al beso, the ganav quickly goes home and hides it, in his hiding place in his house, the Makam Seser. Kavrizman Rav, guess what happened? Ganovim came into the Ganov's house. And they stole the kos. They stole the goblet from his house. And the Ganov runs out to the street and says, Somebody stole my goblet. So they come to him and said, Really? What does it look like? Tell us exactly what it looked like. Sha'aluhu ovrim b'shavim. Ma simen yesh l'cha yev a simen? V'neida ulai nimso so be'izamachem b'nashim elecha. You have any simanim? Om and Aganav bosh v'nichlam. The Aganav was kind of embarrassed and didn't realize, you know, what he got himself into. Ki lo yada lase simen shari ha'gevia ganuv ha'yabiyado. He couldn't say anything because, you know, that would give himself away. He couldn't say anything because it would give himself, he would give himself away. Says the Dubna Magid, Kenu Animsha, Ace of Arasha. Right, he put on a show his entire life. And yes, maybe he, he was uh, excelled in, in one mitzvah, but he, obviously he tricked uh, Yitzchak. And we've spoken years ago, remember about the questions, had he take off Meiser, Meiser from salt. But he put on a show. And all of a sudden, the brachos were stolen. What was the content of the brachos that Yaakov received? 
V'yitain l'cha Elokim mitala shmayim v'yishbani aretz gashmias. It was all gashmias. Say Esav's going to say, I want those brachas. What, 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 I thought you were a tzaddik. I thought you weren't into that stuff. If Esav would have said, I want to, why, give me those. Then he would have given himself away. So he couldn't say a word. So all he could say was, you have anything else left? You have anything else? Because like that Ganov in the street, he, he didn't want to, he couldn't give himself away or else this whole ruse would have been would have been uh, revealed. Joseph had asked for the bracha that he really wanted, which was the exact bracha that Yaakov already received. Okay, let's go back now to the beginning of the of the parsha. Now that we got started with uh, with that, so we have towards the beginning of the parsha a phrase that every year I think we maybe speak about. A phrase that bothers the mafarshim. What exactly is the pashup shot? What is the pashup shot? So. They're davening. The Rivka is in Akara, like all the Imos were Akarot. And all of a sudden, Vata Rivka Ishta. And her twin boys are running around inside of her. Vatomer Imkain, and she says, If so, Lama Ze Anochi. If so, why this I? If we were translate literally. And all the Mepharshim are bothered. What does that mean? And over the years, we've given various pshatim. Im kein lama ze anochi. What does Rashi say? Batomer, im kein lama ze anochi. Why did I misave u mispaleles al heirayon? Why am I... What's misave u mispaleles? That's, that's present tense. Why am I desiring and davening for pregnancy? What do you mean Pregnancy. She's pregnant. If you read Rashi carefully, right? Yes, the previous Rashi said Godot Sarah Ibor, but let's just focus on this Rashi. Why is Rashi in present tense? Maybe she could have said, if it's so painful, why did I daven for this? Rashi doesn't say that. Rashi says, why am I davening and desiring to be pregnant? But she was pregnant. Says Rabbi Yosef Nechemya Kornitzer, Source number two, the last Rav in Krakow. Seb Yosef Echemi, the father-in-law of Shabsi Frankel, of Rambam fame, says the uh, Yosef Echemi in source number two. Fatochag Mavur, line four. Ki achareshik farmu beres haisa, if she was already pregnant. Mataima lomar loma anochi misavim with palasera harayon. What was she davening for? Venerally bezes Hashem al derech hapshat. Sometimes Rav Yosef Echemi gives a drash. He's a great darshan. And over the years we've seen. But this is Pshad, he says. He gives, gets into a little human psyche here. Which this Parsha has a lot of human psyche, which we're going to talk a little bit about. About Yitzchak and Rivka and Yaakov and Esav. Mina yadua, ki akaros mitzapos umiyachlos zman rav lihi paked. Kimat misya'ashos mitikvasam. It is known that someone who does not have a child, a barren woman like our Imahos, they reach the stage of almost giving up and thinking that it's never going to happen. Even, this is whatever one is hoping for, whether it's a child, whether it's a shidduch, whether it's health, whatever it is, sometimes when it's so, it's like, we kind of almost miss Until even when something is really happening, we don't believe that it's actually happening. And when there's a Yeshua... We can't fathom it. 
Somebody is going out and finally the relationship is clicking. They, they're like, is this really happening? Is this really? And it's nerve wracking because you, you don't, you don't, you don't want to believe it until it's actually r- real. But he says, by pregnancy, until you reach the stage, there were no pregnancy tests in those days. So she felt sick. She felt large. Maybe she didn't know she was pregnant yet. And maybe she didn't even want to or she wasn't even ready to believe it. Vikfar Margishos is a Shinuyim Bagufam. She felt some some changes in her body. Lotala al Daitan Shikfar Hinan Muubaros. She didn't she didn't attribute it to that. Because I'm an Akara. I've been davening for years. Vadain Omdos Bitfila, she's still davening. Vikvar Srachish Harbi Pa'amim. Many times Kinashim Keelu. Bashalo Yadu Shalobitnam. Didn't even know what was inside. Talu Adavarbeza Holy Shini Vesa. Something I'm having some health issue. Some health issue. I'm nauseous. Vishalu Barofin, Vaskubarafuos, and they dealt with it with with medicines. Uchimiduma Lisha Makasa Nusha. Kiare Lomrod Kolrefuots Roshe Varek Fadim Bachulu, she goes through. She doesn't believe it. Maybe that's what's going on with Rifka Avinu. She didn't believe it. She's like, I'm so sick. What, what would pregnancy be like? Why am I dominating for this? Until finally she goes to shame. And shame says, no, you're pregnant. And she says, Not just explaining, like some say she was pregnant and she didn't know she was having twins. Maybe she didn't know she was pregnant, says Rabbi Yosef Nechemia. Ukechola chazon hazeh ira l'rifka imenu alav ha-shalom. Achri shekfar shosa esrim shana, it was 20 years, v'lo yolda. Ki im b'tzidkaso b'tchona, v'adil o-paska. She never stopped, ultimately hoping, b'chol zoz kasher harasa. Still, once she became pregnant, v'kfar hisrotesu abonim b'kirba. Adayni omedes misavah, she was still desiring. Because sometimes when the Yeshua is coming, we don't believe it. We're not makirit because maybe we don't want to be wrong and we're scared. Maybe we're scared to, to accept it. But we have to try our best. When the Yeshua comes and we're all, all of Kla, when was the last time so many millions of Kla Yisrael were davening for a Yeshua? Hasn't happened in, in centuries, actually at least a century, but in decades at least. That's what we daven for. So we have to daven, and Hashem, we should be zochet to recognize, not just experience, but recognize the Yeshua as it as it comes. So Shem answers her, uh, according to Chazal, right? She went, Vayomer Hashem la. Hashem says to her. So Hashem spoke to her. So that's what Chazal say. Rashi al yidei shliach. Wasn't direct Ruach Hakodesh, but that is Shliach. L'shem nema Ruach Hakodesh v'hu Omerla. To shame, it was the God of Ladar. Besides Yitzchak and um, Avraham, well, Avraham had passed away already. Uh, two nations will separate from your loins. This pasuk reflects the opposite states of affairs that the Jewish people and their enemies will be in. Right? Ula om mil om ye'amatz v'rav ye'avot sa'ir. Because we're going to be separate. Right? Bilam already knew that and said that. Am levadad yishkon. The Jewish people have always been separate. We've had some friends over the years, but we've also had more enemies than we've had friends. And we will always be separate. And being separate 
is what has allowed us to exist and continue to flourish. If you look in the Sefer Tov Aprimi, he quotes there from the Yalkut Hadrush. When we keep separate, when we keep our traditions, when we keep our social circles, and how we look at the world. But if we come too close, he says, I'll give you a mashal. When we're separate, right? We quoted last week, I think already, even two weeks ago, Rav Chaim if, if a Jew doesn't make Kiddush, the guy is going to make Avdallah. Right? If we're not Makadish ourselves, if we don't sanctify and separate, says the Water and fire. Water and fire. Miraculously, they combined at the time of Barad. That's true. But here, each one is separate. If there is a separation between the fire and the water, then the, the fire could affect the water, could heat the water. You have water in a kettle. Kettle is one of those things in the olden days that we remember. Kettles, right? Before the instant hot and the uh, Tami Arba of Achulu, right? They used to put the kettle on the fire and put the fire on it. It took a few minutes to get hot water. Right? The gala used to be, you know, we used to go down to the river and get the water and then light a fire. Okay, we can keep going back. But at least the kettle. So if you have a kettle, there's water and there's fire, but there's a metal slat in between, the bottom of the kettle. So that separates, and therefore that allows the fire to be mashpia on the water. When you have a pot of water, the fire will boil and dry out and burn the water in that way. But let's say the kettle wasn't there. The water would just splash on the fire and the fire would be extinguished. As it says in the Haftorah, Parshas Vayishlach, Ovadia, Vahaya Beis Yaakov, Eish. We're Eish. The Eish of Akochos Asitra Achra Nikra Mayim. Mayim Rabim, the greatest of waters, Shlomo Melech says. Lo Yuchlo Lechabo says Oava. The greatest water, the greatest enemies that we have will never extinguish the love that we have for our Kaddish Baruch Hu. But the water is our enemy, so we're fine. The water is our enemies. So when we have a separation, the fire could stand strong and maybe even dry out and be mashpia and be an orla goyim, tikkun olam. Bismanche Yaakov moved alu mufrash me'esav. Who go over our love, then we can um, coexist, not just coexist, but... but uh, be strong. But if we get too close, then the water is just going to overcome and flood us. And flood the fire and extinguish the fire. And that's what Hashem says to Rivka Imenu. They're going to be separate. They're going to be separate. There's always going to be, right? Rashi quotes also in Vayishlach. There's always going to be it. We have to try to do our best, but that's always going to be. So we recognize we are proud of who we are and what we stand for. And in that way, we have nothing to slouch and cringe about. Be proud of what we believe in. And in that way, be much on the on the whole world.
Okay. Moving right along, you have in front of you the safer we haven't touched in a long time. Rabbi Pelkovitz, art school has one safer for from Rabbi Pelkovitz. I was Ocha when I grew up in Farakaway. I got to hear Rabbi Pelkovitz's uh, Shalashudis talks um, for years. So one safer of his table talk, you have it there in source, in source number four. Uh, says the, um, Rabbi Pelkovitz talks about Yitzchak and Rivka. Yitzchak and Rivka. And the question that we'll deal with now as well as later on and Rav Hirsch deals with it, and, and many others. How was it that Yitzchak had such tunnel vision, seemingly? And again, all of these drushes of Yitzchak thought they would split the world, all these, again, it's Yitzchak Avinu. But the Pasuk says that he loved Esau and Rivka loved Yaakov. And there, there's Diyukim, as we know, that between the uh, past and the right by Yehav Yitzchak, by Rivka Oheves as Yaakov, by Yitzchak he gives a reason, by Yehav Yitzchak he says, Ki, it's Avatluya Badaver, Tsayid Befiv, by Rivka Oheves as Yaakov. So Pelkovitz has an interesting um, idea. He writes in the Hagdama to, to the Sefer, he quotes, I think, the, uh, the Chizkuni, because the Chizkuni also, he says, a lot of the ideas that I'm going to tell you I'm not always going to quote who I'm quoting because I want you to judge the idea and not Dafka who said it. I don't want you to, you know, be uh, biased by who said it. Uh, so that has to be balanced with uh, Omer Dover B'Shem Amro. Uh, that's true, but that's uh, the um, we start off. We start off. If I would tell you, you know what? Let's make a sitter. Okay, who should we gather statements from to um, to put in our sitter? Okay, David Amelech, Moshe Rabbeinu. How about Bilam? Let's start off our day with Bilam. So what are you, Bilam? Matov Olecha Yaakov. That's the first thing we say as we walk into shul. Right? And the, the uh, Taretz Mima, in a Sefer on Siddur, in the Barach Sha'amar, he says, because Haroah es Hanolad, another shot of Ezeu Chacham, don't look at the molid, the one who said the idea. Look at the nolad. Just look at the content of the statement and see if it's valuable. That's what he quotes on, that we even quote Bilam to start our day. Okay, but anyway, so he, he quotes the idea here. They point out that Yitzchak, line 20, maybe Yitzchak was incapable of recognizing the Ramaus of Esav, while Rivka saw it clearly and therefore favored Yaakov, who represented the epitome of truth. Why? Why? Because where'd they grow up? Where'd they grow up and what were they used to? Yitzchak was incapable of recognizing dishonesty and deception, for he grew up in the home of Avram and Sarah protected from the outside world, exposed exclusively to honesty and decency. Rivka grew up with Lavan and Besuel, the personification of Aramai, Arami Oved Avi, with her training and background. It's more dangerous to grow up in such a such a uh, environment because of the hashpah that could have. But if one is strong enough, we don't look for nisyonos, chas v'shalom. We don't look for Nisyonos. every morning. And remember the Gemara at the end of Sanhedrin where David Amel says, Hashem, why do you have three Avos? And they don't mention me, Ishbun Asrei. Because they passed their test. David, give me, give me a test, Hashem. Hashem says, you sure? Yes, give me a test. And it did not work out so well. And David recognized that we don't look for, we don't look for Nisyonos. So we're not talking about, we don't ask for this, but this is just explaining the reality. Where Yitzchak grew up and where Rivka grew up. With her training and background, she was able to recognize her son's ace of serious shortcomings and therefore rejected him while embracing her son Yaakov. 
And as we know, Ezeo Chacham, as he quotes here, Halomein Mikal Adam. So a pshat of that is exposure to all different things, to different elements in society. One's ability to judge people is developed and sharpened. There are some people who connect. If you, if, you're, if you know many different people, sometimes you have more of a sense of personalities. Of If I'm not a social being, I don't connect. It's harder for me to, uh, to identify. Such a person becomes wiser for he learns about the unpleasant realities of life from his own experiences with a variety of people. Yitzchak did not have this opportunity. Yitzchak was not granted this opportunity. The one person from whom he could have learned from about the senior side of life would have been his brother, Yishmael. But he was driven out of his house. Right? Sarah tells Avram, throw Yishmael out at the best of Sarah. And then he says, there are those, again, this is the second time, not quoting by name, there are those who interpret. There's a Pasuk in Vayera. Fascinating. Right? When Avram had to say goodbye to Yishmael, the Torah says, Vayera adavra ma'od be'ene Avraham. It was very, you know, not, didn't sit well with Avraham. Al odos bino. Because of the issue of his son. So the Pasha Pshad is that because he had to throw Yishmael out. But maybe it's also al odos bino because Yitzchak wouldn't be able to develop that protective shield by having a little bit of... He wasn't worried about Yitzchak Avinu. Right? He had, you know, um, Avram and Sarah were in the house. But maybe Avram felt it's okay for Yitzchak to be open to the world a little bit, explains this pshat. Right? Some commentators therefore interpret in a unique fashion, Avram was distressed not only by his need to banish Yishmael from his house, but also regarding his son Yitzchak, turning the page, who would now be deprived of the experience of being exposed to his brother Yishmael, whose presence would add an important dimension to Yitzchak's understanding. You're gonna, you know, if you're, if you're gonna have to be the Gadol Adar and deal with people, so maybe we'd want you to have a little experience in, in all different types of people in life. Avram knew that his revolution, his religious revolution, was gonna be carried on by Yitzchak. So maybe he wanted to strengthen Yitzchak and have a little bit of you know, uh, push, push back so that Yitzchak could push. And therefore he says, he would lose this dimension. Had Yishmael not been sent away, it's very possible that Yitzchak would also have been able to detect the deceptive character of Esav. And then he even says, maybe there's a medrash that connects to this as well. There's a medrash between a conversation between Yitzchak and Moshe Rabbeinu. Yitzchak and Moshe Rabbeinu. According to the Medrash, Yitzchak says, on line 10 now, when I was on the Mizbeach about to be sacrificed by my father, the heavens opened up and I saw the face of the Shekhinah. Yitzchak was saying, Moshe, who spent 40 days and nights of his life on Har Sinai, you know, Yitzchak says, I also saw the Shekhinah. I also saw the Shekhinah. Moshe answers, yes, you saw the face of the Shekhinah, but your eyes became dim. Remember that Medrash, the, the, the Malachim's tears... Somehow his eyes were dimmed. Whereas I spoke with God face to face and my eyes never became dim. So what exactly is the message? It's not about better or worse. It's just different biblical personalities that create models for us. So what exactly is, is being mentioned and alluded to? So explains the right Pelkovitz. The Torah is not only speaking of the physical condition of the eyes of Yitzchak and Moshe, but is alluding to their ability to see and perceive the reality and truth of situations presented to them. Yitzchak was blinded to the evil of Esav. 
and incapable. Maybe because, again, he was an Ola Tamima. He was perfect. We needed that model of personality in the Avos. He was an extreme. That's true. But Moshe grew up in the house of Paro. Imagine what he saw. He's confronted throughout his life by many, and not just Paro. Nadav and Aviyu. I'm sorry, Dosan and Aviram. Dosan and Aviram and, and the, uh, the shepherds in, in uh, Midian. Many challenges on the part of the wicked people such as Dosan and Aviram and Korach. But he was always able to te- detect their motivations. V'chulu. You saw the Shechina became so spiritualized that you were blinded to the evil around you. And we have some great gedolim like that. Whereas I spoke with the Almighty face to face but was able to retain my ability and proper evaluate. So we have to know though that yes, this is explaining the reality. But this is not, this is not a knock on Yitzchak. We don't knock our avos in that way. Again, we learn from them and Rav Hirsch learns from them and others learn from them. We don't say the, the avos weren't for the, the three of the people that were perfect out of the four people that never sinned. They weren't the Avos on that list. The Ramban is very open in saying certain Chatom took place, Avram and Sarah. But Yitzchak has a certain sense of purity. He's an Ola. He's an Ola. Heard this week, um, yeah, I never focused on it before, but we could talk about it because Toldos is, is Yitzchak. If you look at the Lashon, the Lashon of, uh, I think we mentioned this two weeks ago uh, when we spoke about Vayera, Right, Yitzchak wasn't killed, but it was Ke'ilu he was killed. It was Ke'ilu. But you see that even from one word. It was as if he was Ne'akaragabi Amazbeach. What does the Pasuk say? After, back in Vayera. Don't, Altishlach Yatchel Anar, Vayaleu La'ola, so he takes a, an Ayel, and he takes an Ola, Tachas Beno. Tachas Beno. What's Tachas? Instead of, where do we find that Tachas? Where else do we find that word Tachas? Talking about Karbanos. The end of Vayikra. The end of Vayikra. Right, we have, if somebody wants to violate Temura, right, the Isra of substitution of a Karban. Zet Tachazet. Right, Zet Tachazet. We have it by Kaparis. Zet Tachazet. Zet. What's the halacha by Temura? Heard of Jonas and Sachs say. Zet Tachazet. Vayahuas Muraso Yakodesh. They're both Kodesh. Right, they're both holy. You, tr- you have a carbon A, you want to make carbon, an animal B into a carbon, guess what? You're not allowed to do that, and if you did it, they're both Kodesh. So Yitzchak, he was also Kodesh. Rashi quotes, our Parsha, he was an Ola, last week's Parsha, yeah, this week's Parsha, Ola Tamima. Can't go down to, Eretz, uh, to Mitzrayim. You're an Ola. Right? He became a carbon which was not killed. But that's Yitzchak. Yitzchak was a unique, intense personality. And sometimes we need that. There are many Chazals, or numerous Chazals, Shabbos, Petes. And here he quotes another one where Dafka Yitzchak is the one that has Hashem's ear. And he's the one that could say, you want to destroy them? I gave my life. Case closed. Right? Klai Yisrael are continuing because of him. So we need all of these different uh, dimensions in the Avos and the Imaos, but he explains a little bit. It goes in terms of their background. In terms of their background, what they're used to and where they came from. Okay. Another way of looking at it Let's turn now to the bear Yosef. Rabbi Yosef Misalant. In Surah number 6, he has another interpretation of Yitzchak's and Rivka's love. And what the, so to speak, the Kudus HaMachlokas was between Yitzchak and Rivka. It says the bear Yosef, Kfar, Hislav, Tuba, Zeh, Mefarshim. The Mefarshim over the centuries have wondered and pondered, Binyan Avas Yitzchak Le'esav. 
Yitzchak's love. Bein lefi pshuto v'targumo shayet sad tsayed litein to pibshol Yitzchak. Bevadein lavin advarim kibshutam. Yes, he was influenced, but he wasn't. He wasn't someone with a with a, a low IQ that couldn't had zero concept. He, he, he had some some uh, understanding. Every, there's so much depth to this. So there has to be something deeper. Has to be something deeper. And Asaph was such an Asaph. So says the Ber Yosef. Maybe it's based on the Rambam in the Shmona Prakim. The Rambam in his Akdama to Perkiyavos aptly called Shmona Prakim because it is eight chapters. Uh, the Rambam discusses in the sixth parak a machlokas between the rabbis and the philosophers. And the Rambam tries to make shalom between them. What was the machlokas between the rabbis and the philosophers? Says the Rambam, line 15. The philosophers felt there are two types of religious people in the world. There are those that have no desire, they've conditioned themselves to have no desire to sin. No desire. I don't want to do that Avera. I have no desire to eat that not kosher. I have no desire to... No desire. And Memela, they're perfect. They connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Well, what the Ramah calls a chassid me'ula, a perfectly pious person from within. Say the philosophers, that's a greater level than what's called a Moshe B'Yisrael. Someone who wants to do the, the chait, but he overcomes. And he controls himself. Efshi v'efshi. So the philosophers say that it's greater to condition oneself to not even to want to do the sin. Because the Moshe Benafsha, someone who has to overcome himself, who but the, the Rambam says in the eyes of Chazal, it seems to be the opposite. Chazal seems to say, yeah, you're... There, to, to, to squash the desire to sin is very difficult. Just overcome it. Shemidat chazal Not that we should want to, but if one has a desire for sin and one overcomes. So that's the machlokas he quotes between the, the philosophers and the rabbis. And the Rambam makes shalom. And he says it depends on the type of mitzvah we're talking about. To use the language that we're used to, chukim or mishpatim. Or to use the language of the gaonim, Rav Sadigon, shimios, sichlios. Mitzvahs that we listen to and follow, though we don't understand it. The sichlios, the ones that seicha, the ones that are logical, that make sense. The Rambam says it depends what you're talking about. They're both true. The logical mitzvahs. What a person should say, I want to steal, but Hashem says I can't. I want to hurt somebody. No, you shouldn't even have a taiva for that. I really don't want to do kibbutz of aim, but I'm going to force myself to do it. No. You should not have any desire for sin. Shanis, uh, there's a reason, there's a logic for it. Basar b'chalav. Well, what's wrong with a with a cheeseburger, right? You could have a desire for it, but you know, don't eat it. 
Beautiful, the Rama makes shalom between the philosophers and the rabbis. Says the Ber Yosef, maybe that's, that was Yitzchak Avinu's understanding of Yaakov and Esav. He thought, sometimes a father, my children are always the tzaddikim. What was Yaakov? He was sitting in the tent. He was sitting and learning and meditating. And maybe he's hanging out with some sheep. Esav, fiery red hair. Right, and the Gemara in Shabbos, Kufnun Vav, remember, if you're born under Mars, Madim, you're either going to be a murderer, or a Shochet, or a Moel, or a doctor. Right, one of those. Something to do with blood. Right, Yehegever Ashidama. Amr Avashi. So I am far from all of those. So I don't think I was born in Mars. Right. Oumna Oganva Otabcha Omoala. Uvechein. I hope. Uvechein Yitzchak. Sheroaz Benoesav Jolak Besaldos Vosik Besarchayas. He saw Yitzchak. Yitzchak saw Esav. He was out there. He was he was an energetic chashibadaita vadano. So he must be lower one of that category. He's overcoming. He's killing animals instead of killing people. She says, okay, he's going to be the Moshe B'Yitzro, and Yaakov's going to be the Chassid Me'ula. Right? Mrs. Kibar Aim, he brings me nice food. So, top left. Chashav Yitzchak, She'esav, Ole Bazeh al Yaakov Achiv. And maybe he felt like Chazal, Moshe Benafsho. Moshe Nolad B'Tivo, Lios Notelotov. Rashem Aisav, Atovim, Novim, Mitivo, Vitalada. You see the brachas. Well, we mentioned this in the first thought of the night. What bracha did he give Esav, or at least the one who he thought was Esav? Gashmias. Because you know that's what Esav wanted. Use this, but overcome. He overcomes, and he's the bachar. So let's He's an ish sadeh. Give him sadeh. Mitala shemayim, everybody always, Rav Dagan, Vitirosh, and rain, etc. And now skipping down, this is what he thought of the boys. Daito shal Yitzchak, Bazal Shnei Banav, they're both sadikim. Fine. Rivka realized, based on her Ruach HaKodesh also, that is not going to happen. It's not happening. Shama, mi Ruach HaKodesh, mi Beis Bedro, shal Shem Ve'ever. Shnei Goyim Bevitnech. They're different. They're not righteous in different paths. Only one of them, and she realized which one. And it's not a, it's not a Moshe B'Yitzro and, a, and, a, and an Ishtam. Because Yaakov, interestingly, right, we just said how, how maybe Yitzchak was a little, didn't have it because he didn't grow up in the same place Rivka did. Yaakov had it. Yaakov was not naive. He knew how to deal. He knew how to deal. He had to deal with Esav a little bit later on with Lavan and um, and so on. 
Ukshadista daita vishama, sama liba darke bona vishagusam, hari akira takef, bechulu, shayaka vishtam vishar, vichulu, and that's why she didn't tell, uh, yitz, uh, and that's, and that's why he, uh, there was a nevuah, uh, that she had, and therefore, she, uh, did what she had to do. Did what she had to do. Okay, let's continue. Says the, says the Torah. We continue. And again, there's so much to talk about here. We're still focusing on the beginning of the, uh, the parsha. Mostly for this year. So Yaakov then comes back and he makes the deal. He makes the deal. Yaakov comes back from the field and he is tired. He is tired. We spoke in past years. He's the first person in the Torah who is described as Ayef. Tired. None of the great Sadiqim are described as tired. Tired here doesn't just mean what we call tired. And that's why Chazal pick up on it. He was ayef. He wasn't just physically tired, but he had a day, right? He had a day um, full of activities that, you know, Chazal don't look upon so uh, so well. Just saying, I'm just finding the uh, the Rashi. Ayef beritzicha, kemadatema ki ayfa nafshi lohargim. Vayez Yaakov nazid. Yaakov happens to be making some soup. Vayavo isav minasadeva hu ayef. Vayomer isav haliteni na minadam adam azeh. Pour it down my throat. Give me some of that red stuff. Okay, I'll give you the soup. As long as you, we make a deal. Sell me the Bechorah. Sell me the Bechorah. Esav says, get the halachic ramifications of this sale also are discussed by the Rishonim. The Rechaim HaKadosh discusses it also, the Rivash. How exactly could you sell a Bechorah? If you're the firstborn, so you get the Bechorah. How can you sell a right? A right that seems to be not a monetary right, but a, you know, just a personal, a personal right. How do you, how do you sell it? Um, is it a Darashalobala Olam? Is it, oh, no, no different uh, halachic discussions. But Asaph says, okay, What do I need it any for anyway? But Yomar Yaakov, Yishavali Kayom, Yishavalo. Yaakov says, swear to me. Swear to me about the sale. He swears to him, and the de- the deal is done. Yaakov. Yaakov gives him the soup, and then it says again, Interesting. First, he just doesn't care about it, and then he hates it. Right? Interesting what the what the uh, transition was. Sell me the bechorah. Asaph says, "Well, what do I need it for anyway?" And then after he sold it, he hated it. Okay, that's just laying the groundwork for later on in the in the parsha. Uh, what we'll focus on this year is just Rav Chaim um, Shmulevitz has a comment wondering. Right, we know. I guess this is partially assuming that uh, the the, the Avos kept the halachas of the Torah. But even without that, a sale usually has to be somewhere within the ballpark of a of a fair price. If you totally rip somebody off, that's not honest. And maybe that deal doesn't even work. It's what's called a mekartos. It's a mistaken deal. Right? Now, post-Torah, there is something called ona'a. Right? We have the rules of ona'a of, of, um, you know, charging too much, overcharging, undercharging, exactly a six, more than a six, less than a six, all the details of ona'a. But if somebody totally overcharges or undercharges, so that, does that deal work? 
So that's what Chaim Shmulevitz is bothered by. Like, how do you put a price tag on the Bechorah? A bowl of lentil soup? Is that a fair market value? Is that anywhere near a, a fair market value? A bowl of lentil soup? So how are we supposed to understand how the deal worked? So says Rav Chaim Shmulevitz in the Sichas Musar in source number eight. Um, let's see... Line five. Yadua Hakushia Ech Mashalman Schalarishoyim Ban Masay Matovin Balamase. There's a famous question, he says. How is it that we say Hakarish Brakhosanas gives schar to Rishaim for their mitzvahs in this world, so he could punish them fully in the next world? How could you give schar for any mitzvah in this world? This world? Physical for a mitzvah? Let's say a Russia shook a lulav once. The schar for shaking the lulav is infinite. We can't even imagine. So, schar mitzvah b'hayam aleka. V'hainu she'ein b'chol chalal ha'olam azeh. There isn't enough space in the whole world. K'nei l'shalim schar mitzvah achas. Enough to pay the reward for one mitzvah. So how does it, what does it mean? That Hashem's going to give the rishoyim schar in this world. You can't, it's not commensurate. Explains the zichas Musa, you know what you see from here? It's commensurate for them. Because a rasha who does a mitzvah, he's not machshav it so much. The price goes by how chashiv you think this is. She'ere chaschar ha-magiyah la-adam avarkiyah mitzvah. The schar that you're going to get for a mitzvah has to do with how much, how valuable you think the mitzvah is. If you think the mitzvah is worthless, then you're going to get nothing. Okay, it's worthless, I'll give you a dime. Eino yosim ha-adam atzvah ma'arich u-machshiv as a mitzvah. The more we are excited and we're machshiv our mitzvahs, that's part of the schar. Okay, in zem atzinu be'esav. Shemachar is b'choraso b'lechem and is it adoshim? Le'esav sells his b'chorah for some bread and lentil soup. Fari davar barra davar shekal hon da'alma hu ka'ayin u ka'efes lu'umas erecha b'chorah. Nothing could pay for the b'chorah. Imkein eich niskayim ha'mekach. Hare ba'ona yesem yishos mekach batel. You know, ma'ona. Hachuvahi for Esav, that's what it was worth. That's what it was worth. Kimiacha she Esav who a bailim ala b'chora. Esav is the bailim. Hare shavya he kvi erka etzlo. Whatever he evaluates it to. So Yaakov said, name your price. Bekivet shelo ha'ericha biyoser mikach vayivez. Afterwards, be'emes shavah rak ve'erich zeh. That's it. There was no onav. Lois was a shum onav. Ki erich daber ruchani kifi mashu shavah be'eni bailav. Spiritual reward goes by how much you. Think and evaluate your spiritual treasures. Your spiritual treasures. So the Rishon can get it. A tzaddik can't get schar for a mitzvah in Olamazeh. It's not going to happen. Tzaddik can't. But a Russia can. A Russia can. And that's what he says. That's something else in the context. So that is, we have to be machshiv our mitzvahs. It's not just about doing mitzvahs, but to be machshiv them and recognize the opportunity before, during, and after. Okay, now let's get to the final question. Um, and that is a question that we dealt with in the past. I don't think we ever quoted this in the Tziv. This Tziv in source number nine is in last week's parsha, But it has to do with this week's parsha. And that's the question of, why didn't Rivka just tell Yitzchak? Right? There is zero communication between Rivka and Yitzchak. Sarah and Avraham 
talk to each other, and you like you read the parshios, you feel like they have a relationship. Yaakov and his wives for sure spoke to each other. Rivka and Yitzchak, there is one sentence in the entire Torah Shabbat that they said to each other. It's at the end of this week's parsha where Rivka says, "Get him away, Esau's going to kill him." That's it. That's the only conversation that takes place, and you get the feeling that it was a different type of relationship. Again, every relationship had to be there were different models, different models. So we mentioned a couple of years ago an amazing creative shot from Rav Hirsch, why Rivka didn't tell Yitzchak. Because what happened if Rivka would have told Yitzchak? What would Yitzchak have said? I don't believe you. I, you have your impression. I have my impression. Why do you think you, you know, you know, and I, I have a nevuah. Oh, Hashem would have given me a nevuah. Whatever he would have said. But maybe he wouldn't have been convinced. Deep in his heart, he wouldn't have been convinced that what she was saying was right. And he would have had reservations. The Orifer says, the only way that I could show him that he's being tricked is by tricking him. And if I trick him and I could show him that Yaakov could dress up like an Esau, he'll realize that an Esau could dress up like a Yaakov. And that's what Orifer says. That's why she had to do it. And that's why what happens right when Yitzchak realizes what happened? Gambaruchia. He's masking. Why did Yitzchak just say, I was duped? I was duped. What did you just do? Okay, I take it all back. No, he didn't say that. Right when he realizes, He's masking. So that was Refersh's shot. The Nitziv has a different shot. The Nitziv says, it, nothing's by accidental. Everything is by shkacha no ra'a, especially by the avos and the imos. What was the first moment that Yitzchak and Rivka, or Rivka and Yitzchak, met, or I shouldn't say even before they met. The first moment of connection is when Rivka came and she sees Yitzchak from afar in last week's parsha. Right? Batisa, Rivka, Vateres, Yitzchak. And she says to the Eved, who is that man? And the Eved says, that's him. And we know, because I'll say she fell off the donkey, he was davening. She saw him for the first time davening. Yitzchak, who was an Ola Tamima, who was a carbon. You can't imagine what his davening looked like. That first mincha, like, you can't put it into words. The intensity. What was he? Says the Nitziv. She saw him as he was he was an intense angel, an awesome, intense, godly angel. That's how Rivka met Yitzchak. The major says his hands were up in prayer. Alkain, from that experience, affected. And influenced their entire relationship. Because she saw he was a fire. She saw he was a carbon. He was purity in the purest sense of the word. She was in awe of her husband. She didn't realize what, what that awe was from, but she knew she was in awe. She knew she was in awe. And then she says to the Evan, She sees that he's walking towards them. She says, what's going on? Who is that? That's him. But says the Nitziv, that experience, Hashem wanted, exactly. 
Hashem needed that to be, because he, need, he needed this to be the relationship. Look at the next column. She covered herself. She's like me. I'm going to be his wife. Says the Nitziv in such a psychological and um, you know the approach that he has. That awe never again. This is not a relationship that we should model, right? We should model what the Rambam talks about: a husband and a wife. The wife has to think about the husband as a king, but the husband has to think of the wife as the queen. And they all should be out for each other. So Yitzchak and Rivka was a different model. Yitzchak, nobody was like Yitzchak Avinu in history. In history. Nobody was a carbon. Nobody was a carbon. So she had that awe. It wasn't the same like the other relationships. Sarah goes over to Avram and says, throw him out. Rachel goes over to Yaakov and says, if I don't get a kid, I'd rather be dead. Right? She, they're not, they're not misbaish. Right? They say, they say it like it is. They'll go to their husbands. Mashain Kane Rivka. Rivka doesn't. The call Zed, this week's Parsha, Chayasara, is Akdamat Ataldos. So now you understand why Rivka couldn't, couldn't just go over to him. They had a different type of relationship. The call Zed Akdamat Sipur. Maybe she would think it would even be Chisus Kavid to Yitzchak. They had different opinions. She couldn't say it. Yaakov needed to get the brachas in this way because HaKadosh Baruch Hu needed to get to him this way. Why? I'll explain it to there. And Sif has his own reason, which we're not going to do right now. Feel free to look it up in our parsha. If it would be true that Rivka would have a similar relationship like the other Abos and the Imos, it would never would have happened this way. It's all Hashkacha. Shetagia Rivka liyitzchak she dafka came to him while he was davening. Dafka at that intense moment, the yatsa achris davar mipi ritzon akvi ritzoni yisvar. That's what Hashem wanted, because everything is bashkacha no ra. Everything that happens relating to the avos and the imos and relating to our enemies, it's all been already written and it's all been in the yitzira of the avos, as the Ramban says in the beginning of Shemos. But Hashem, we should be zocha to the. Ultimately, getting rid of Esav, getting rid of all of Esav's descendants and all of Yishmael's descendants, and Hashem Bizoche to an ultimate clarity of uh, Geula, Be'ezus Hashem, Bim Heira Viyamenu.